Hey everyone, it's your friend Stretch, founder of The Impact Group, author, and host of this podcast, Leadership 101, Lessons Learned from Failing Forward. Sit back and relax and enjoy today's show. Hey everyone, this is Stretch. I am your host, Leadership 101 Podcasts, and my intention is to throw myself under the bus and hopefully you can glean or learn from some of the mistakes that I have made over the past two decades of being in leadership positions in uh, several different capacities. And I'm taking principles and experiences, uh, books, anything that has molded and shaped my career into where I am today, and I want to give back. So uh, today's topic is this, the five dysfunctions of a team. So let's jump right on into it. So when I joined uh, Starbucks as a store manager, uh, my background had been food service management uh, for better part of 15 years. And I'd worked in high volume environments. And when I say high volume, I was talking about um, restaurants that were doing anywhere between 50000 upwards to $200,000 a day. Um, large, large scale restaurants and sorry, uh, per week, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> said per day. We, we say occasionally we'd be doing about 30 to $40,000 a day. Um, but the, uh, the tilt on that was about $200,000 a week. So high volume. So when I came into Starbucks, I trained at a cafe store and I relocated up North to San Jose and they put me, put me into a $65,000 a week drive through store that was open for, I think it was 22 hours a day. I had a staff of 45 people, and there had not been a manager in that store for a year. They'd been using the assistant manager and the supervisors to manage it. And so there was pretty much, it was kind of like Lord of the Flies. Everyone was just kind of in charge of themselves and just doing the very basics and there was a lot of things going on and so um, in the book the five dysfunctions of a team by Patrick Lencioni uh, he talks about these five things I'm going to list them off and I'm going to describe with my story of uh, how how this I, I came across this so the first one is an absence of trust number two is a fear of conflict Three, a lack of commitment. Four, an avoidance of accountability. And five is inattention to results. So as I walked in, there was definitely an absence of trust in in this store. And there's uh, partners, there were basically four different um, day parts in which uh, partners would work uh, like, you know, about a three to six hour shift. And so they wouldn't see each other. And so there was no cohesiveness, there was no connection, there was no synergy. Um, it was just merely, if you walked in on your shift, you were wondering kind of what bomb went off on the previous shift, what was left for you to do, and it, it was very um, focused on just looking out for yourself. And um, Patrick talks about this and says, essentially this stems from the unwillingness to be vulnerable within a group. And team members who are not generally open with one another about their mistakes or weaknesses make it impossible to build that foundation of trust. 
So when I went in, I tried to work on all four of those day parts, just trying to connect with each um, each individual person and each type of shift and see how the business flowed on, on each stage. The next one was a fear of conflict. This was something that I realized that I had, that I don't like conflict naturally. And so if there is a way to kind of ease things off or be more diplomatic about it, I would naturally go to that route. But here's the problem. The failure to build trust is damaging because it sets the tone of this fear of conflict. Teams that lack trust are incapable of engaging in unfiltered and passionate debate of ideas. And then instead it starts to gossip. It starts to, to just have these, uh, these coups you know, developing throughout the organization, especially one as large as my store with 45 uh, employees and only one manager and, you know, six shift supervisors. This was a recipe for disaster. If I didn't get a hold of myself and my ability to have strong, fierce conversations and being able to um, be comfortable in the uncomfortable. And once I did, I started to see traction, but it wasn't towards the end. So let me continue. The third one was a lack of commitment. All of these go together. So with a healthy, uh, with a lack of healthy conflict, a problem because it ensures that the third dysfunction, which is a lack of commitment, without having uh, the partners being able to exercise their ideas or their opinions. Um, in the course of a, like a passionate open debate, team members rarely buy in and commit to decisions that are being passed through, especially in a corporate setting such as Starbucks, where at a store level, you're being passed down things from your district manager, regional managers, the corporate office, maybe even the president himself down to all the stores, and you have to get everyone to buy into that. And if your culture at your store on the front lines, and it doesn't have to be a store, it doesn't have to be a food service establishment, this is a principle. If your culture within your organization is already in disarray, it's already lacking trust, that people don't feel like they're being heard, then you're going to have an extremely difficult time developing buy-in with them. Because of this, the real commitment and buy-in uh, people start to develop this avoidance of accountability. No one wants to take uh, accountability for their actions or the actions of others. They just want to come in, punch in, do their work, punch out, and get out. Um, without committing to a clear plan of action, even the most focused of driven people will hesitate to call their peers out on doing things. So peer-to-peer -peer accountability will start slipping and disappearing, and I watch this. I watch this happen on multiple times where where uh, things weren't set up right or um, you know things weren't clean uh, a certain way or um, someone clocks out without doing their work just thinking that someone else is going to do it. It was just it started to breed so much that it was really starting to get bad. Failure to hold one another accountable creates that environment where the fifth one, the inattention to results, basically we're, we're the the team really just doesn't even care. Uh, the needs and the, of the decisions, the collective goals of the team, they don't. It's not even. It's not even something that match, matches like with what they want to do. 
They, they have no buy-in. They have no trust. And it's just a matter of time before they quit. And so when you, when you really uh, have an organization like this, it's really important to write down these five areas and see if there's any shred of evidence that one of these areas resides within your organization. Because if there's an absence of trust, a fear of conflict, a lack of commitment, an avoidance to accountability, or an inattention to results, there's a problem and there's a root somewhere and you've got to go down the rabbit hole and ask questions and be willing to have those fierce conversations like we talked about in uh, our previous podcast about being able to have difficult conversations, awkward conversations, and be able to be a leader and stand up in front of people and own the complaints or the opinions or um, the different ideas that people have or the criticism that, that people have for the way that you're leading. When you make those type of efforts and those type of strides, you will be, you'll, you'll see yourself, and this is what happened to me, as I started doing that, I called an all-storm meeting, had everyone there. I started to build a small sense of trust in them. And then I had to follow through on some of those things that we agreed upon. And then I started having those follow-up conversations. People would bring stuff to my attention, and I'd go and talk with different, different partners and have some fierce conversation. A couple of those conversations ended up in terminations. And the team was so, they felt supportive, and they felt like we have a leader with us. And the commitment level, once they saw that happening, started to rise. And people started to take ownership of the thing, the projects and the, the little small departments that they had, taking ownership more so than, than when it was um, passed on to them. They started doing things on their own, autonomously. And now people were holding each other accountable. I started to hear my barista trainers start training people when that were already uh, former baristas. They, I heard them start talking to each other in a way of like, remember to do this. Hey, we got to set up for this. You know, and they, they started to, to exponentially move forward. And then overall, people start asking, hey, how did we do last week? What were the numbers? Did our, our drive through go faster? You know, this, that, and the other. And there was an attention to re- the results. So this whole, these whole five dysfunctions of a team can be flipped over and, and be looked at as a way to increase the production of the team. And it is a great way to look through this lens to see if your team is in need of this type of work. So I hope you guys are having a great week. Like I said, I'm trying to keep this short so you can get a little bite-sized nugget. Hope you guys have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon.